I'm Arya Grossman. And I'm Alex Drucker. Welcome to the Corin Podcast. Every week on the Corin Podcast, we invite you into the conversations with some of the Jewish world's leading thinkers, leaders, educators, and us to discuss the key issues, the ups and the downs, the challenges and the successes facing us today. This is not a podcast about books, but about what's happening off the page. Shalom from Jerusalem and welcome back to the Corinth Podcast. We're really excited for you to join us for the first in a two-part series marking Tisha B'Av. That's right. We have two fantastic guests lined up, one this week and one next. Um, but starting with this week, we had the distinct privilege to be able to sit down and talk to Rabbi Beryl Wine. Yes, it was an honor to speak to Rabbi Wine, especially at the time of year when we are looking at the past and to hear about the different lessons that we can learn from the past and from the Khurban and the messages we can take for the future. Without further ado, let's jump straight in. We are delighted and honored to be joined by Rabbi Beryl Wine, the founder and director of the Destiny Foundation since 1996. Rabbi Wine has for over 25 years been identified with the popularization of Jewish history through his more than 1,000 lectures heard worldwide on cassette, CD, and now as downloadable MP3s. Rabbi Wine's ever-growing number of books, several published by Market Books, history courses, educational tours, and most recently, dramatic and documentary films. Rabbi Wine, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, we wanted to start by asking you, um, obviously, um, within the Jewish world, you're legendary for, you know, for your teaching of Jewish history. But what was it that made you decide to go down this path of teaching Jewish history? Well, uh, when I was a student, the yeshiva in Chicago then had a uh, wonderful library at over 30,000 volumes. And it even had a professional librarian. And uh, during lunch hour, uh, I wasn't that great an athlete. So I uh, wandered into the library. And I always wondered uh, when we were learning the Gemara, uh, who these people were. The Gemara is full of names. And who was Rashi? And then who were the Balitosvas? Who was Rabbeinu Tam? And uh, I remember one day we had uh, a very uh, detailed halachic lecture about the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher ben Yechiel. So I went to the library and I asked the librarian, who was the Rosh? And she found me a book about it. And uh, that, so to speak, uh, hooked me because then I became interested in all of these great people and history is really the story of people. And if you know the people who built the Jewish nation till today, and you know their challenges and what they went through and what life does to people, it gives you a perspective on today as well. So I decided then that when and if I had the opportunity, I would try and write about these people and try and write about history, Jewish history, because... Uh, at least in the yeshiva world or much of the orthodox world, the Jewish history was not in the curriculum. Was not People were not interested in it. And we all know that history can be very boring, can be dates and names and places, and uh, it's pretty dry. You know, so everybody knows the Battle of Hastings was in 1066, but so what? But if I know Rashi, who he was, why he wrote his commentary, and the effect that it had, that opens a world for me. So that's really what I, uh, I've been interested in it for uh, 65 years. 
and uh, in the 19, early 1980s, I began to write on it. And I always did oral lectures on it. And in the 1970s, the oral lectures were, began to be on tape. And they found a resonance. Uh, I mean, uh, I would estimate uh, without exaggeration that uh, 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 well over a million Jews have hurled one way or another my lectures. Well, that's, uh, you know, that uh, you reach a lot of people. And I always felt that if you know history, you change your, your perspective on the present as well. So, Rabbi Wein, I mean, you said, you mentioned that, uh, you know, history is is people's view it's very boring and i i know that anyone who's encountered uh you know whether it's your your tapes your mp3s your books they certainly wouldn't say that that your jewish history is 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 boring i something definitely i've always tried not to make it boring being the way not to make it boring is people don't talk about events talk about people people are interested in people right and so as, as you say, you know, if, if we understand Rashi and where he was living and why he wrote his commentary and how he wrote his commentary, that sort of gives us a, a different understanding. Right. Then uh, just we, to say, you know, there was a Jew in France that wrote a commentary to the Talmud and the Bible. That's that's plain history. But Rashi's the father of daughters. And he's making a living as a vintner. He lives at the time of the First Crusade. Uh, you know, uh, Rashi spoke French. Rashi had his teachers from Mainz. Rashi has a family, family, a dynasty. So, uh, so do you think? Story. Do you think? Right. Uh, so, do you think that you know the study of of Jewish history, certainly in the way that that you present it, gives us a a deeper understanding of not just of of the present, but of Torah and the present in a, in a way in a different way to say studying the Battle of Hastings gives us a better understanding of the British royal family today That's right. Well, you know, the Lord operates through people the Torah was given through Moshe The Lord operates through people. So we have to deal with people That's the greatness of Medrash for instance that it takes all of the great people of the Torah and it tells us about them it uh, explains and expands the picture so then therefore we have a perspective just to say that there was one man that came from mesopotamia and said there's one god in the world all of that is true but that doesn't tell us the story at all so i th i think that that's very important and i think there are others i think it's a genre that exists today you think rabbi uh, J.J. Schachter and, and uh, Dr. Septimus and others uh, who have done great work in uh, making Jewish history accessible, meaningful, and really fascinating. It's very fascinating. And uh, because of that, therefore, uh, Jews uh, can have a greater identity, self-identity, because I can identify with Rashi. I'm not Rashi. I'm never going to be Rashi, but I can identify with him because I also have daughters. I also have those problems. And I think that's very important. Right. And you mentioned um, sort of the impact that the study of Jewish history can have on our identity as Jews. 
what other sort of over your years of, of teaching um, and meeting people and speaking about Jewish history, what other sort of impact have you seen um, in the Jewish community on this? Well, you know, in our world today, the first job that I see is to make people feel Jewish. I'm not talking about religious or observant. You have to feel Jewish. What is it to be a Jew? And history is a great key to that because most Jews, God forbid, in our time don't feel Jewish because they don't know where anything about themselves. They, they don't know their family history. They don't know where they came from. They don't know how they got here. So therefore, they really are operating with an empty bag. And uh, I have found that uh, I never spoke in the lectures about the they were not cure of lectures, so to speak. I never spoke about uh, uh, the observance of uh, Shabbat or the observance of family purity, etc. I never spoke about that. I've, but I have many people who have written to me and said, after I heard your lecture, we started to have Shabbat in the house. Or women have written to me and said, after I heard your lectures, I uh, started to observe family purity, etc., etc. See, you know, uh, it's cast your bread upon the waters. You really don't know what's going to be, and that's really what this is. I, th I think that I mean, my view at least is that much of Jewish history is studying one difficulty or one tragedy after another, and you know, certainly in, in right. my formal education, a lot of Jewish history focused on let's say, the Shoah and the Holocaust. Yeah, but Do you think... The Shoah is not going to save the Jewish people. No, so, no you know, museums are going to do that. Is there... So then is, is there, you know, a, a... Do you try and focus on, on the, the more positive aspects or the, the well, more... The main, uh, me, in my opinion, there are three positive things Jewish history. Number one, we're still here. Well, right. that, that has to be emphasized over and over again. After uh, 3,700 years, we're still here. And everybody that tried to destroy us is not here. So that's, uh, people have to stop and think about that for a minute. And then the second point is that we are a different people. We are not uh, what everybody else is. Now, that's not a question of arrogance. It's not a question we're better. It's not Jewish privilege. But it's a fact. We are different. So what is the difference? And why is the difference important? And uh, history shows us that. And the third thing is that we are always advancing towards a goal. Uh, so for 2,000 years, we were advancing upon the goal of returning to the land of Israel. Well, if you tell people in the 1200s that we're going back to the land of Israel and that Jerusalem will have 900,000 Jews as a population and that there'll be traffic jams, they tell you you're nuts, you're crazy, can't be. But the Jewish mindset, it was going to be. We didn't know how it was going to be and we didn't know when it was going to be, but that it was going to be was a given. So those are the factors that make us we're still here and we're going to be here so we're the eternal people and we're a different people so we should learn what the difference is and appreciate that difference 
And thirdly, what is our mission? What is our goal? What is the national entity of the Jewish people going to be? What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to save the climate? Or the redwoods in California, is that our goal? Well, so that those are all hard questions. And uh, so Jewish history is a uh, record of trying to answer those questions, in my opinion. And you're right, you concentrate on the tragedies, on the, the, the exile, the terrible things, the persecution, the anti-Semitism. So who wants to be part of it? Why should anyone choose that? Right. Um, you mentioned before we talked about, I guess, comparing the study of the Battle of Hastings um, to learning about the life of Rashi, which is sort of two contemporary events and how that how, how knowing about Rashi's life. I mean, I know having seen the, the, the movie that you made on Rashi's life and using that, I've used that when I used to be a Jewish history teacher. I used that in the classroom um, in high school and just seeing how that helps them to understand Rashi as a person. Are there any other examples uh, you might give or you can think of where knowing the historical background enhances our limited Torah? Maimonides, you have to know that Maimonides uh, had to run from his life from Cordova, from the Almohads, uh, that he had to hide in a cave in the uh, Atlas Mountains near Fez for years, that he couldn't stay in the land of Israel because the Crusaders wanted to kidnap him. The, the Rambam is not an ivory tower guy that, you know, he sat down and he did it. And he uh, ends up being a doctor to the Sultan. You know, if you give the Sultan the wrong prescription, you're dead, not him. And uh, yeah, so so now you get a different picture of the Rambam. You get a picture of the Rambam. Wow, look at, look at, look at, look at what happened there. Look at what he did. Look at his accomplishments. And you also get a picture that people disagreed with the Rambam, and they disagreed with him strongly. Yes. And that could be, and that we shouldn't, uh, just because of disagreements and different uh, viewpoints, uh, doesn't mean that uh, we disqualify everyone and everything. And all of these things are important factors in viewing our world as well. I mean, there's no question that the uh, early Hasidus in the 1800s was uh, influenced by Napoleonic Wars, by the fact that Napoleon uh, had conquered much of the territory and was bringing in the ideas of uh, the Enlightenment, and that was a terrible threat to the Jewish people, and many Jews adopted that. So you have to see it as a reaction to it. It didn't just grow out of uh, nothing just happens. Everything has a source, has motivations, has forces that drive it. And uh, so uh, understanding these things, I think, makes us more sanguine when we have to deal with our own problems in our own world. Because basically, if you know Jewish history, we've been in this movie before. We've seen it all already. And uh, Corona is not the first plague. How about the Black Death and the bubonic plague in the 14th century that destroyed a third of Europe? A third of Europe died. What did the Jews do then? Well, so... Uh... so that's something very interesting. I mean, it's interesting you bring that up. So I, I you know, I've seen around, certainly the, the start of the, the pandemic or when, you know, 
different countries were were locking down you know people asking you know are there any responsa that people are aware of that were written in the shulchanar said you should cover your mouth and your nose and that you should remain uh, uh, as uh, shouldn't go out when it's not necessary to go out so that's like modern medicine from the 14th century it's dr fauci <laughs> the main question here is not what to do the main question is why right how come when in the middle of nowhere you know you got this thing it's killing thousands of people and then it, it destroys the world and it destroys all the economies and it brings all of our leaders low why so the answer to that would be that we if we had a prophet he would be able to tell us but we don't have prophecy but there's no question that uh, uh, anyone who's a student of Tanakh of uh, anyone's a believing Jew knows that uh, an immoral society that accepts immorality as a norm not only as a norm but promotes it so there are consequences now i'm not saying i don't know you know i always say that lord has not spoken to me in the last two weeks i don't know anything but uh i think uh i think one has to be uh, deaf blind mute etc not to feel that somehow this is being visited upon us and it's not just you know a random virus that escaped from Wuhan and is afflicting the world that's uh, you, you know you've exhausted all of my wisdom <laughs> um well just uh, i guess to i guess the, the the last area we wanted to ask you about is obviously we're days before tishabav now um, and just in terms of learning about the Khurban from a historical perspective, there's obviously a lot we can learn about um, the Khurban and why the Khurban happened from the Gemara. But, yeah, but, but the, the main issue with the Khurban is that no one believed it could happen. No one believed that God would, so to speak, destroy his own house. So they felt they could get away with a lot of things because there was not going to be that ultimate consequence and the lesson of Tisha B'Av is uh, that uh, you can't second guess heaven and that uh, you, know, you can't be certain of what's going to be and what's not going to be and another lesson is that God's anger as the Gemara says God's anger was poured out on the building not on the people the people are still here We've existed 2,000 years without the building. It's not to say the building isn't important and we don't want it, God forbid. We certainly do. But it's not that's not us anymore. It's the people. And I think that that's why the Gomorrah is of the opinion that the third temple will come down from heaven, right? We're not even going to build it because of the fact that our job is to build the people. Individually, family, family, community, community, society, society, nation. They, that's our task. And uh, I think Tisha B'Av comes to remind us of that.
And when, I mean, when looking at the Khurban and sort of the events that happened, either, you know, the first Khurban or the second Khurban, how do you, do you think that, um, let's say, visiting the sites that are relevant, whether it's the excavations, the Kotel tunnels, um, Masada, learning about it from a historical perspective, whether it's reading Josephus or other, you know, historical sources, do you think how... Well, certainly how... because it makes it real. Otherwise, it's a fairy tale. It's Greek mythology. There never was a temple. So you go down to the, the tunnel tour and you see the, 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 the temple. That ever was. You know, it, all, it all was. And uh, therefore, all of these things are very valuable, absolutely valuable. But again, the perspective is also valuable. So your, uh, your book, uh, Patterns in Jewish History, sort of explores something that you mentioned just before, saying how one of the things that um, sort of in the build up to the Choroban was people saying Hashem's not going to destroy his own house. It's, it's not going to, they didn't see it coming, as it were. And that's certainly something that right. has crept up uh, throughout Jewish history. And when we sit on Tishbab and we read through the Kinnot and we think, you know, how could this happen? How could all these tragedies happen over and over and over again? So many on the same day. How did the Shoah happen? It couldn't have happened. Right. But it happened. All of history shows us that everything can happen. And once you realize that everything can happen, so then we can hopefully take some defensive action, actions to make sure it does not happen. But then positively as well, as you, as you said, you know, the Jews of the 12th century never believed we'd be back yeah. in Jerusalem and sitting in a traffic jam, but... That's right. That's right. Well, one, one final question, Rabbi, just to ask you, you mentioned before in terms of goals, something you, one of the three unique things you said about Jewish history is that we always are working towards something. Would you say that now the, the goal of our generation in 2020 is that, that we, what you've mentioned so many times about the people, focusing on building the Jewish people, would you say that's the that goal? The and- goal of our time is to make a moral, holy people, Memlechus Kohanim Vegoi Kodosh, that will be a light unto the nations. We will not be a light unto the nations because we'll be the most Marxist country or we'll be the most progressive country or the most democratic country. That's all nonsense. We'll be a light unto the nations because the Lord gave us a mission and we have to try and fulfill that mission in our personal daily life and in the life of our families and in the life of our communities. And that that's, uh, you know, I, I can't think of anything more important or a greater goal to try to achieve than these. That's, uh, you know, a, I think a, a great message to sort of go into Tisha B'Av with, you know, w- w- looking back at history and the, and the terrible things that have happened, but then looking forward as, you know, what are we going to do with that suffering? What are we going to do with that tragedy? And so thank you so much for that inspiration uh, just a few days before. We sit and read Eicha. My pleasure. Vahatzlocha and stay well. Thank you so much, you, Rabbi. Rabbi. Thank you. So that's it for part one of this special two-part episode for Tisha B'Av. Next week, we'll be speaking to Rabbi Pini Dunner and taking a slightly deeper look at Jewish history, the study of Jewish history as part of the broader study of Torah, and also some messages and lessons we can learn for this time of year. Aryeh, if people want to reach out, how can they be in touch? You can reach us by emailing podcast at corenpub.com. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to get 10% off your next order from corenpub.com, just enter promo code podcast at checkout. 
please make sure to leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening. That will help us uh, in the ratings there. And we look forward for you to join us next week. And yes, that's all for now. And wishing you all a meaningful Tisha B'Av. <laughs>